sounds pretty barn good. Console Crusade Podcast. Trying not to let my disappointment come through in the intro here. I am EJ Olsen, Nick Durheim. What did we just witness? Uh, we watched the first real Nintendo Direct since uh, September 2019. Air quotes. Real. Air quotes. I don't know. I thought it was fine. I thought it was pretty much like what I was expecting as far as just like a bunch of announcements and then it being hit or miss about whether or not I was actually interested in them. Uh, I wish we had Chris with us today. Uh, he is not joining us because he's doing adult things because <laughs> I feel his take would be just vicious. I'm I'm more... I'm disappointed, but it's what I expected. I said it before we went into it. I know how we come into these things every time. The buildup of we haven't had a Nintendo Direct in ages. And we're going to get a whole hour of it. It's all stuff coming this year. It was so exciting. I tried not to be excited. There's only one thing I wanted, and we didn't fucking get it. We'll get to that. But it was I, it, it was a Nintendo Direct. Things are happening. It honestly seems like another really boring year for Nintendo, which... Seems pretty par for the course, but yeah, we're let, let's just go through quick and dirty, kind of hit everything that they talked about, and I will try not to get too <laughs> too gentle here. So we knew that from the get go that something Smash related, and then games that are already out would be talked about, and then their main focus was going to be first half of the year, and we'll also get to that later, where some of the more exciting announcements were for <laughs> future stuff for next year. But the first thing they announced was Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2 were going to be the new character in Smash Bros. And I think they said something about March for that. And they'll show off the, they'll do the usual, you know, Sakurai stream where he does the whole moveset and breaks down the history of the characters and (laughs) that whole fun thing. Right. Very entertaining. I didn't play Xenoblade Chronicles, but I'm a sucker for a sword user. And I know we bitched about it in the past about like, why are they doing more sword users? And that was when we had a finite number of of new character announcements, right? They they had to self-impose like the fighter pack, this is all we're ever doing. And it was like, oh my God, we're wasting another slot on another Fire Emblem character and not something fans actually want. That's the main problem for me personally, is that all the Fire Emblem characters are sword users. When there's literally a weapon triangle in Fire Emblem where swords are beaten by spears, which are beaten by axes, you know. That whole thing. So I, I I was just always bummed that there wasn't more representation of the different like user bases. Like a, a triangle strategy. Yeah, something like that. Again, I don't know anything about these characters, but like their moveset looked cool. They looked like fun little hack and slashy characters. There was swords and fire. Cool. Yeah. And the music's going to be fantastic. That's, uh, that's a banging soundtrack. It'll be nice to get those tracks on Smash Bros. as well. Bro. Get some remixes. Waifu cool. for Laifu. I'm here for it. I, you know, eventually, we're going to get Goku. We're going to get Shrek. It doesn't have to happen today. I'm okay with this. I know. I know. Keep your fan fiction to yourself, though, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, get out uh, of my fucking swamp, bro. Uh, after Smash Bros., we got a couple ports. We got Fall Guys coming, Summer, and then Outer Wilds, which were was some people's game of the year two years ago. I think that's a couple years old now. Some uh, indie darlings. So, okay, Fall Guys, and, and I'm only bringing this up because I'm coming off of Super Mario 3D World, which we'll talk about next week. I was really excited for the online component, and we know Nintendo's track record of online games is just awful. It's Mario Kart might be the only online experience on the Nintendo Switch that is worth playing. Fall Guys is a game that you either love it or you hate it, but it's a lot of fun with, with friends. But, like, if Nintendo's... And, again, maybe this, this, this will be dedicated servers, you know, coming from whoever the hell is publishing this. Well, it's Devolver. 
and uh, it's it's going to be probably the same as it would be on PC. The only thing holding it back is that people on Switch will be playing more more often than not with Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's true. Which I don't know if they're doing like a server-based like rollback or if they're doing delay-based, which I sincerely doubt because most server-based games, with you know, if you're doing like a 1v1, if it's just you and the homies, you're playing Mario Bros, that's going to be peer-to-peer. So that's just going to be, you know, that's that's just whatever your connection is. Like, that's just what you're going to have to do. But on a server-based game like that, it's just going to be... I don't think it's going to be markedly worse than it would be on PC. This is like the perfect pick up and play Switch game. So I'm f- I'm fine with it. Like, you know, it's coming way too late. Like people are already kind of over this game and this is coming out in the summer. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when it was a PS Plus game? Because I bet that Sony has a one year exclusivity on it. I didn't actually know it was a PS Plus game. That's that's part of the reason I why did. it blew up so hard. We still play it occasionally. We still jump in every now and again, you know, when we're. We're rotating through our cast of like, we're going to sail today. We're going to play Rocket League. We're going to play Age of Empires. No, let's go get some crowns, which never results in actually getting crowns because we all fucking suck. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, yeah, I'll be curious to see how that actually plays. Outer Wilds, I don't know anything about. I'm totally in the dark on that. I know it, it it's a port, but. Well-liked adventure game. Probably more well-liked and more well-known than surprisingly Famicom Detective Club games, both like remade and actually translated for the first time you know the old like nes basically era games that were exclusive in japan they're just coming out in may for famicom detective club what are the two titles the missing heir and the girl who stands behind that's very spooky i am not a particularly huge fan of visual novel sort of games but i have a lot of friends who are super into this stuff it looks nice it looks like what you'd expect from a game like this but like the pair Schneiders were really hyped about this. Yeah, I, I'm coming into this fresh. I haven't been scrolling through the Twitter takes like I'm sure you have. Yeah, Jared Petty <laughs> hyped on Famicom Detective Club. So you know, sure, cool. It seems like a fine, fun little thing. There's a there's definitely J- an Japan audience files, for it. basically. <laughs> Dude, this is really gonna do well in Japan. This is like a something people have clamored for, which I am completely disconnected from that. But cool. Sure, you know. Can't get Earthbound on the SNES online, but we get this. Uh, also, we got Samurai <laughs> Warriors 5, which I don't even know if that's a new game or if that's just a port or whatever. Legend of Mana seems kind of interesting. I don't actually know when the original game came out. It said something during the Direct that it was a 20-year-old game, so I'm assuming that this was like a PS1 or a Dreamcast game just based on that weird little VMU-looking side game thing with the Tamagotchi element. Kind of interesting. I don't know. It looks beautiful, though. It's got that it's got the maintained pixel art, but with the actually redrawn backgrounds, it actually, it vibes really well. Yeah. I am clueless when it comes to the Mana series. I played Secret of Mana on the Super Nintendo, but then they had like a Mana remake, and then they had the re-releases, which were the original, and then they had the remake in America. There was a Game Boy Advance remake of the first game, which was Final Fantasy Adventure on the Game Boy. It's just kind of a weird... Square Enix... Square back then was kind of just strange. Back then? The well, yeah, I mean, now too, but you know what I mean. Project... Circle takes the square. I, what do they do? I, I don't Hold know. on. I'm going to look this up really quick. Yeah, it was a PlayStation 1 game. It was the fourth yeah. okay. Saken Densets. Did this come out in America? Hold on. I'm looking it up again because I literally just clicked off. Totally arcane, dude. I don't know how any of this works. Yes, it came out in North America in 2000. It was called Legend of Mana? In 2000? On the PS1? There's been a ton of Mana games. There's been like a bunch on like PSP and on DS and stuff. Yeah, they they drove the series into the ground before they decided to give it a revival, 
and bring back the third one and remake that for some inexplicable reason. Like, I don't know why you remake the game no one's played, you know? You think that you would do the the good remake for the second one, but they botched that one and did the good remake for the third one with the cringe voice acting. Anyway, Monster Hunter gave us a little trailer. They they showed the the controller that was previously only confirmed for Europe and Japan, but will actually be out here in America. I kind of want that pro controller. It looks pretty sexy. It's nice. It's nice. It's nice. Did they show anything that you didn't already know about this game? Was this, was this interesting, well, other than the bad voice acting? It's hard for Capcom to show anything that we don't know because they had that uh, hack that leaked a bunch of their announcements for the next like year and a half. So Rip. nine times out of ten, it's like confirmations of stuff we already knew. If you're on the forums, if, you, if you're paying attention, then you already know about this stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely did not. Yeah, I mean, all, all of Monster Hunter stuff, it just looks like more Monster Hunter, <laughs> which... Um, is a good thing if you're into it and is not a good thing if you're not, you know, you're explaining things that people like, <laughs> this is why you come to the console crusade podcast is for my insight and wisdom, yeah, deep, deep wisdom. Yeah. Uh, the next thing was, uh, I popped off for Mario golf, super rush. Dude. <laughs> it looks fantastic. They showed just like some standard golf stuff. And then they showed speed golf where you're running <laughs> to the ball after each hit and you're trying to beat the everybody to just like get in the hole first. And then they showed an adventure mode, which is like kind of an homage. Well, I mean, it's not going to be as much of like an RPG as the Game Boy Color one, but it's it's sort of like got that that heritage, that genealogy, you know. So I'm stoked for that. It's June 25th. When they showed this, I was like, is it an RPG though? Because that's all that matters. Right, we don't need a a crappy golf sim. Like we need, you know, we need some uh, innovation here. All right, but yeah, when they showed the story mode, that was really cool. Speed golf looks ridiculous. I can't wait to be really excited to want to play this and then not be able to because of Nintendo Online. But cool, man. That's a day one buy for me. It'll be sixty bucks, which is too much money for a game like this, probably. But honestly, not to spoil anything here, but this is probably the only like semi-cool thing for the rest of the direct until maybe the very end <laughs> but give or take we're about to hit the just the a slog of shit no one cares about here this is what did chris say i think he said this looks like they just pasted four mini directs together and said have have fun watch an old direct and tell me that the whole thing is banger after banger you know well that's that's my thing is i think the directs are always disappointing i just don't know why you would be disappointed like disappointment basically implies that you had high expectations. You can't be disappointed if you don't have high expectations, which is why when you say you don't have expectations, you're lying. <laughs> Part of you still hopes there's something cool. And here's the thing. They're going to announce three mini directs. They'll announce a Zelda direct, a Pokemon direct, and we'll get all the things we wish we would have got in the, the, the big event here in the next two months. Like, we'll get all that. And there's still, there's still going to be a Pokemon thing in the next week or so because of the 25, 30, 25-year anniversary for them. And Pokemon Company is totally, like, independent. They... Nintendo doesn't announce Pokemon things. Pokemon Company does, and then Nintendo will right. elaborate further later. Yeah. Uh, we got more announcements of either dates or just... Like, these are stuff we already knew, like Tales from the Borderlands, which was a Telltale game, and then Capcom Arcade Stadium, which is like a collection of games. Stubs the Zombie, which everyone was clamoring for. That old Xbox original <laughs> Everyone. <game. laughs> got a date for No More Heroes 3, which I just like watching the trailers for that. That was a bit of a rough showing because oh. the YouTube compression on the stream does not play well with man, the style of the particle effects. It is not the YouTube compression. I'm looking at screenshots of just... 
I mean, those screenshots are taken from the YouTube, you know. It does, if this was in 4K, it wouldn't it wouldn't change the fact that this looks like an ugly ass fucking game. This is in 2021. They're they're designing games to look like this. The current year. Oh my god. Uh, anyway, neon white. Uh, this is a very strange stylistic looking first person shooter parkour kind of game, being uh, developed by the guy who made Donut County. So a bit of a left turn for him. And then music by Machine Girl, who I listen to on Spotify, and they fucking rule. So th- this is the one where it's like, as above, so below. Why do we need assassins in heaven and shit? Yeah, this is uh, Demon Slayer boy. All right, this this looks like something that the Weeboos will like, and nearly indistinguishable from DC superhero girls, Teen Power. Oh my god, this is what I I was fully out, dude. What is this? This is the trash that beleaguered parents buy their children, <laughs> trying to get them to shut up. <laughs> And leave them alone for five minutes. I asked this in our in our group earlier. Who does Nintendo think is watching this? Like, why couldn't this just be a Twitter announcement that makes its way into the news cycle somewhere? You know, like who is there a ten year old watching the Nintendo Direct at you know two o'clock on a fucking Wednesday? No. Well, I mean, it's it's marketing. It's it's Nintendo trying to keep relationships strong with WB Interactive. You know. It's obvious they're trying to play nice with AAA, which is why we get these weird, like, EA Plants vs. Zombies and, like, what was that? Dodgeball game? That was another EA one, too, right? Christ. So, Plants vs. Zombies. I didn't know this game even existed. Came out, like, two years ago, I want to say. Yeah, weird. Anyway, Miitopia getting a port, that 3DS exclusive classic. You make your friends be your party members in, like, a, a dinky kind of RPG-style thing. Gotta fight the Dark Lord Stan. <laughs> I think Per Schneider again, shout out, was on Twitter postulating that this is a return to the me, or maybe it's just a bad port of a game that they could easily port and sell, you know, half a million copies of. I don't know. I don't know. The me never went anywhere. The me was never like a big deal except for Wii Sports because that was a a pack in game that made people buy the Wii. You know, what a what a dark time 2006 was. Wow, truly. <laughs> All right. And then we got Chris popping off for the just the Mario items in Animal Crossing. Like he hadn't played in Animal Crossing before, which is pretty cute. But, uh, uh, you know, it's nice. I like the crossover stuff with Animal Crossing. It's cool seeing uh, video game franchises interact with each other. That's what part of the uh, appeal for Smash Bros. This just may be a side effect of how I play Animal Crossing, which is much more as like a simulator. You speed ran Animal Crossing. <laughs> I put a lot of time in it. I just want to, I just want to like, I want to get my resources where they need to be, and I want to build my town and and decorate my home. And I don't I don't necessarily care about the minutia of the day to day. I'm going to time travel to get to the next thing. You know, I want to build my things faster. You know, and I enjoy the ride. But once that's done, or if I kind of lose uh, steam with that, I am not the guy who's going to log in every day and go shoot my presents down and talk to everybody once and be like, "All right, I played for my half hour today." That's not me. So these little microscopic updates don't excite me as much. Like I'm not going to log into animal crossing just to go like buy a fucking Mario hat and a thwomp, you know, like it's just, that's not me. But when they do do a bigger release in March, um, you know, I haven't played animal crossing since they updated like diving and like some of these other things. So I'm going to have a lot of new content to go to. So you completely missed making a uh, perfect Snowboys and getting the, the ice stuff. I did miss that. I did. I did. I'm bummed. I missed Christmas and, and some of the holidays, but I just, 
I had gone so hard at Animal Crossing in the spring. I got and to summer. spend New Year's in Animal Crossing. It was tight. Did the countdown and everything. Oh, really? Drink some champagne in the game. Yeah. Oh, that's it's fun. Cool. That's cute. Maybe next year. It's not going to happen. You're yeah. done with that game. You're, there's nothing they can do to bring you back into Animal Crossing. I'm saying it right now. Damn, dude. I'll start a new town this year. Yeah, okay. That's, that's really going to. That's my loop. That's really going to pan out. Okay. So the next big thing that was uh, announced a 2022 game with a demo out today, though, which I. I think I want to check out. Oh, 100%. Your favorite title of the day also. Project Triangle Strategy. Okay. Guess who's making it? Wild guess. Yeah, you got it. Square. They did it. <laughs> well, everyone thought in the group earlier that, oh, this is Octopath 2. Same team, though. So. Right, it is the same team. Yeah, and, and similar art style. and Same art style. Way, way more into a tactical turn-based game like this than I was a fucking 100-hour epic the vestiges of a bygone era of rpgs like that didn't interest me nobody i know completed it i think you played it chris and leaf played it and liked it but i don't know if anyone beat it because it's a fucking obnoxiously long game i liked it fine but it definitely was too long and there were not like difficulty spikes but like level spikes that were really annoying to grind to get through like i don't want to grind in a game like this the battles took way too long yeah, but everything about it, like the first, like I think I played like maybe thirty hours of it, and that was really good. And then after I dropped, it, I was like, you know, that was enough. I had my fill of that game. This looks like an interesting sort of combination of a few other beloved uh, tactical turn-based games. Of course, the only ones of that ilk I've played have been in the Fire Emblem franchise, and then I played Nobunaga spinoff that I have talked about extensively on this podcast over the years. Pokemon Conquest. I never played much of Final Fantasy Tactics. Me either. It was Tactics Advanced that I, I played a little bit. Which is not the same game. Um, I've played probably more tactics, tactics Advanced than I played of the original Tactics, which I tried the PlayStation version and the PSP version, but kind of bounced off after like a couple hours. And then I, I saw some like elements that kind of reminded me of uh, Jean d'Arc. Not quite as much. Like Jean d'Arc had a cool system where when you attacked someone, they would face you. And then if you attacked them from behind... You would deal more damage, that kind of thing. You know, I always talk about how I'm a reformed collector, right? Where starting in probably 2012, I started going really hard on collecting the the retro games. And it only grew over the years. And so I remember finding Jean d'Arc for PSP at a Goodwill. And at this point, realistically, even I mean, five years ago even, but especially now, if you find games at a, at a, at a Goodwill, they're probably not good games. People are on the lookout for these games. They're probably not good games or they're probably accurately priced because they actually, they know where to check for prices for those uh, games as well. Occasionally you'll find a Pokemon Blue for $75 and there's a reason it's still in the case, right? Yeah. I remember picking this up. I think there were like Final Fantasy, War of the Lions or something, Jean d'Arc and maybe one other game. And I was like looking at a ton of reviews trying to be like, oh, this looks like it would be up my alley. But this can't be a good game because it was at a Goodwill for dirt cheap. So my thought process was, well, if this were worth playing, if it were rare, collectible, or interesting, it would be either way more expensive or it wouldn't have been there. So I was watching reviews trying to convince myself, like, this is a game worth owning, you know, uh, which is like such a dumb thing to like even say out loud. But that's that's how the collector brain works. And thankfully, I've been rehabilitated. But... Yeah, so I watched a lot of gameplay. Never actually ended up booting it up because that's how collecting works. I had cool gameplay. I, I didn't play much of it. Like I said, I played like maybe two or three hours, but yeah. I think it had it had really interesting ideas. And this sort of Project Triangle strategy, oh, 
Dude, ah, I, just, I just don't want to say it out loud. It really hurts me. But it kind of gave me vibes of that where they're showing gameplay elements where if you have a character that is uh, next to an enemy and then you f- you attack with a third character on the opposite side, then you'll do like a combo attack with that that first character. So I like when strategy games actually incorporate deeper strategy than just rock, paper, scissors and moving my front so I'm just out of reach so that the I'm trying to like game the system. I'm trying to like trick the enemy AI into like coming closer to me so that I can attack them, but they can't attack me like that just turns into a boring slog. You know, you're just trying to game the system. It's the same reason why I don't like stealth games. Like it's just you waiting a lot. So I like the idea of being like, okay, I can be rewarded by, you know, thinking critically and actually incorporating strategy in this strategy role playing game. You made the comparison to into the breach. Yes, there was a, a, um, a snippet of gameplay where they showed someone with their attack actually moving an opponent away. And that was like your first sort of uh, series of units that you use in into the breach. That's like the whole me- mechanic of the game is you, you're basically playing chess with your characters, but instead of just doing damage and trying to kill the enemies, you're just trying to move them away and that you have perfect knowledge of like what they're going to do next turn, but you're trying to change that so that you can, Oh, I know this, this alien is attacking one square to the north. So if I push him so that he's attacking his friend, I can, you know, take out two birds with one stone kind of thing. What an interesting approach to the tactic genre. That's so cool. That game is so cool. So cool. Did, it, did we get a physical release? Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. Because that's made by the same folks that made uh, FTL, which is also a cult classic kind of indie game. But yeah, it has that same sort of uh, Project Octopath Traveler. Octopath Traveler. That was they at least kept the same name, but took the project out. I, yeah, it was fine, but like it looked really, really nice, and I think that that sold it to a lot of people. So it has that, which Square, when their infinite wisdom calls HD two D, <laughs> aka it's just sprites but with depth of field. Yeah, they done gave it a blur effect. HD <laughs> good 2D. for them, but I mean, it looks beautiful, looks nice, and then they're talking about oh you know you can make choices and that can change your your path in the gameplay in the story but we'll see how that pans out the story for octopath was kind of uh eh. it was more just like the combat mechanics that were like interesting and then i think it was just a little bit shallower in a game like octopath where i think in a tactics game you get more options to like just being able to move around a map gives you a lot more options to how things can play out so i think that that gives me more hope. I think this is going to be a better yeah. game than Octopath Traveler was. Do we get a, a date for it? 2022. Okay. 2022. Yeah. I could see it being in a similar sort of slot as uh, Octopath, where I think that was like early summer back in uh, what, 2018, 2019, 2018, I think. I love how all the games in this, it's like first half of 2021, except if it's a game you care about. Yeah. That's great. That's how they're. E3 2017 was. It's like, oh, we're mostly going to be talking about games this year, and then we'll tease Metroid Prime 4. That game's going to be so mediocre in 2025. So it happens. Uh, the next thing is kind of a weird announcement. This is a Star Wars Hunters, which is a free-to-play Star Wars sort of shooter combat arena. I don't know if it's like Battle Royale. I don't know if it's like just a you drop in with a 16 other people or what's going on here. It's a mobile title. That is also on Switch. Somehow between episodes six and seven, everyone's favorite era of Star Wars. Thanks, Mando. And uh, sometime this year, it's coming out. This is um, Lucasfilm Games' first big release. 
under the new studio. Let's go. <laughs> I guess you could say oh. big release. <laughs> I, I, I'm being facetious, obviously. And I wouldn't necessarily say Lucasfilm Games is a studio as much as is a publishing arm of Di- Disney, you know? Well, yeah, fair. They're not doing any dev work. They're just being like, yo, you make this game. No, you make this game. Okay, and then, yeah, that, that dodgeball game we were talking about earlier, it's got that kind of cheap kind of look to it. It looks like it could probably be fun, but it just doesn't, I don't know, it, it wasn't a very good trailer. It went a little bit too long. It was kind of like corny. Yeah, I must have been on Twitter for this. You didn't miss much. I mean, it could. It seems like a game that could be cool, but it's realistically, we're never going to play this. No. EA Originals, Valon Studio. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that studio. This is one of those games where if it's like $9.99 on sale and you're just feeling like maybe spending some money will make me feel something today, you know? Uh, I mean, I, I could. <laughs> this is a free-to-play game. This looks like a free-to-play game to me. Especially when they're they're showing off all the customization stuff, like that's that's a that's the money maker right there. I could say the same about Fall Guys, but that's a twenty dollars game, so I I don't know. What do I know? After that was a game from the Dongan Rampa people. So if you're into the kids killing each other or being stressed up about dying, then there you go. What a anime. weird subculture. There's a lot of games that are like that. There's so many games that are like that. Just Japanese school school children being threatened with murder. Like, that's a genre. I don't like that. Is that the whole Persona yeah, series? No, that's more like, this person's a bad guy, so we have to change their mind. Anime. Anime. Uh, Hades got a physical edition announced. I'm a sucker for physical releases of tiny little indie games that everybody loved once upon a time. And Same. I bought this, but haven't played it yet, but I know I'm going to love it. S- same. <laughs> well, I, I, got, I received it as a gift, but I haven't played it yet. Uh, after that, Ninja Gaiden Master Collection with the three Ninja Gaiden games that were on Xbox and Xbox 360, but it's the PS3 port versions, the the Sigma games. So I'm not sure, not sure what the reception on that is. I, I remember hearing mixed sort of feedback on Sigma when they initially were coming out, but I can't remember if that was because of performance or because of cut content or because of what, you know, but Ninja Gaiden is like... I don't know. I think people just like it because it's been around for a long time. You know, like it's just an NES series that was kind of mediocre. And then it came back on Xbox and was like, we want to like this because Xbox is a Japanese game, but does it hold up? I don't know what holding up even means or like what do you want from that kind of game? Uh, Is this worth replaying at this point? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's hard for me to have any sort of opinion on this because I don't really have that much nostalgia for it. I remember playing Ninja Gaiden on Xbox and it was just being, it was just really hard. That's all I remember because, you know, I was 10 or 11 years old when I was playing this game. Well, the uh, the 12 Ninja Gaiden fans are going to be really stoked on it. I don't even know if this is going to be on other platforms. I would assume it would be on other platforms. I can't imagine Nintendo wanted to shell out for exclusivity on a Ninja Gaiden collection, you know? You would think not. But like you said, it's it's you got to keep some of these developers happy. Although Koei Tecmo, like, they're, they're definitely more double-A than like Square Enix or Sega or any of those other, like even Bandai Namco, like a lot of those other bigger Japanese publishers. So right. there's, there's a lot of Koei Tecmo in this direct. Like there's this, there's that Samurai Warriors. There's, they showed just like <laughs> a, a frame of Age of Calamity expansion pass stuff that you didn't even have enough time to actually read through what was part of that. Like I didn't even see that there was a price, $20. Okay, well, great. <laughs> Wonderful. So yeah. 
I like that game okay. I'll maybe I'll get back to it and finish it, but I'm not not gonna hold my breath. And then the heartbreaker. The one more thing. Well, not even the one more thing, the two more things showed up. <laughs> and our homie AG Onuma popped up on screen with a black background and broke our hearts right away and said, No Breath of the Wild news. Sorry, folks. Maybe later this year. And then uh the true banger of the evening. <laughs> Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD and I believe EJ what you said was nobody likes this game <laughs> okay I have to I have Jose to say Otero here. disagrees okay <laughs> when I saw the sky in that first image they flashed no, I know you saw the birds you saw the birds and you're like are those eagles and guess what they weren't <laughs> so I I first yelled let's go and then immediately transitioned to no <laughs> because I realized very quickly what it was. And I know I'm not the only one that got cucked. I'm looking at Twitter right now. And some very notable games commentators were also cucked thinking they were getting fucking Wind Waker, which is what everybody wants because it's the most enjoyable Zelda game. And we didn't get it. We're getting Skyward Scored, the least enjoyable Zelda game. And you know what? I said, oh, at least we'll get real controls this time. So maybe it will be worth playing. No, they come out and say, sure, you can use a controller, but now you're going to use the right stick to slash at different angles. What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that, Nick? It's so uh, integral to many like boss encounters, the direction and angle in which you're swinging. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I was talking shit because I was saying I, oh, I love using my right stick to not control the camera. But I don't think there's even a lot of camera control in Skyward Sword because the nunchucks didn't have a right stick. So... Nine times out of ten, unless you're playing on the, the weird Wii Pro Controller that plugged... What is... The Wii. What a... Travesty. <laughs> an absolute abortion of a console. And I will what hear a, no what other a wonderful takes. time. <laughs> no, it just... And th this is what's so sad about Nintendo's trajectory. How they put out the NES and they took the video game world by storm. And then they just continually fucked everything up on a downward trend until they're like, Oh, the Wii. We're successful again. Let's just do everything poorly, but, you know, your weird aunt is going to buy this for everybody. Like, I just, I hate the Wii. I hate the Wii. The only good Wii games are GameCube games that you play with a GameCube controller, except for Wii Sports, which was more just a passing fancy. It's why it sold 100 million. I just fuck the Wii. Fuck Skyward Sword. Why in the world wouldn't they be like, oh, also you can buy all the other Zelda HD available today on the eShop for $39.99 a piece? Why wouldn't they do that? Are they saving that? The Wii was fine. It's just the lessons that they learned from the Wii put <laughs> Nintendo in a place that was not suited for us for uh, a good long time. Or anyone, really. I you mean, know, 100 million people bought the Wii. I need to get some, like, is it Gen Z coming up behind us, millennials? Yeah, the Zoomers. What what age range is this? Did these guys grow up on a Wii? Was that what they had in their entertainment center as, as young children? Yeah, maybe people born after 2000. I don't know what the cutoff for we or for millennials are. I, I generally think of it from like up to two thousand or so. Yeah, it's like maybe mid a little bit earlier. It's like think. eighty to ninety five or something like that. Yeah, I, I want to know is there is there nostalgia for anything other than Smash Bros and fucking Dude, Wii there's Sports? There's nostalgia for the N sixty four. There's got to be nostalgia for the Wii. But but here's the thing though: is the N sixty four marked a really is a revolution in a lot of ways. No, that was the Wii. Uh, Codename Revolution uh, got him. <laughs> you walked right into that. Kill me. Um, the N64 was, it was also a different era 
Where like when the Wii came out, I'm just saying like relative to your age, that's the important part. Well, that's the thing though is even though everyone had a Wii, is the Zoomer outlook, is it like, uh, yeah, like my old man had a Wii, but like I fucking played Call of Duty on the Xbox. Fuck the Wii. You know what I mean? Like is that, or is there a legitimate, like in 10 years, are we going to get the new wave of collectors who are going to be like the Wii is the greatest console ever? It's impossible to tell. My thing is the PlayStation sold over 100 million copies and the N64 sold what, like 35, 40? Yes. And there's still probably a stronger nostalgia for N64 than there is for PlayStation. Why is that? Is it just a Nintendo charm? I think it's just Nintendo. I think it's that and it's multiplayer games. And it's you going over to your buddy's house who had Mario Kart, had Goldeneye, or had Smash Bros. Yeah. It it is a time and place. You're not going over to your buddy's house and being like, oh boy, Suikoden. I can't wait. This is my childhood now. No, that's for like old men. (laughs) I definitely think it's a time and place thing though because outside of Smash Bros, I don't think that sentiment exists for the GameCube, you know? Everyone had moved on. It's very much. Uh, uh, you, you get a lot of the same. You get a lot of the same sort of franchises. You, you know, you got your Mario Golf. So you got your Smash Bros. You got your Mario Karts, which all were the same nostalgia things for N64. But they're the start on N64, and they just had sequels on GameCube, Mario Party. Even you know, it's it's a lot of the same stuff. The N64. When people talk about this with with rose colored glasses on, it's Mario Party and it's Goldeneye. That's it. Those are the two standouts of of playing with the homies golden i understand i understand because i mean that's the first time you could actually play with four people at once and you're like playing this competitive you know and it was this bridge between childhood and like being a teenager and you know golden i was edgy it's the fucking pierce brosnan's a spy and you're shooting your friends but i don't think it's just that age group i think a lot of people that was like their first exposure to playing multiplayer games in that fashion like that was their first first person shooter playing with other people playing with a controller playing with a a console on a tv playing split screen you know i think like i hear stories on podcasts people playing that game in college and that being like their college game okay fair enough so i think it had like a, a wide appeal and I, you just never know how nostalgia is going to hit, and I think uh, Nintendo, since they they play so much in that in that category and that nostalgia grab, like that is their mo to keep people nostalgic, and they have like a cadence to their releases. Then they just like they know when to wait for that itch to become just itchy enough that when they scratch it with like a very a weak hand, like they don't want to fully satisfy that itch. They want you to keep wanting more. Which is why we don't have Mother 3 yet. It doesn't hurt them at all to not sell that game or to not put that on services. But then they come out and do Famicom Detective Club, which was hurting them even less. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, they're very strange people. They're very capricious, and you cannot you cannot predict what they're going to do. But that wasn't even the last announcement of this Nintendo Direct. Uh, Besides Skyward Sword, we get some cute Joy-Cons, which, you know, whatever. Until the Joy-Cons aren't drifting, I am not buying any more Joy-Cons. Uh, hold your fucking breath, buddy. <gasps> or maybe don't hold your fucking breath because it ain't happening. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, last thing they announced was Splatoon three for next year, which, hell yeah, you know Splatoon two was a fantastic game. It came very quickly on the heels of Splatoon one. I'm kind of surprised that it took them this long to put out a, to announce or even date a third one. I think they're trying to figure out how in the world we make a game. I mean, Splatoon 2 was just a port, essentially, of the first game, and it made sense because it was a new console, so it made sense to, like, you know, rebrand it as this fresh new thing, but more or less sell the same shit, and they and they, they supported it for a long time with new maps, and 
But really, it, it was the same. They game. even restarted supporting it once the pandemic hit, and they're trying to keep people playing online and keep people happy. Yeah, which was cool. Doing like uh, Splatfest and stuff. Yeah, it was cool. We jumped in for a bit. I I really love Splatoon. I had so much fun with uh, Splatoon two when that launched. Was it summer seventeen? So yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, yeah, Splatoon three. It's coming out next year. It's crazy. I mean, I, I hope that the not the f- like backlash, but I think there's a, a subset, a very vocal subset of the community that was like Splatoon two is just a port. There's nothing new here. It's the same thing. Um, I hope they don't like do the Nintendo thing and like swing the other way to try and like you know like just Splatoon. The Splatoon formula works. I think there's a lot of room for n- additional game modes. Yeah, and they did some really cool, like, uh, not even at launch, but they made additions to the game modes after the fact for Splatoon 2. Between that and, like, the the Octo expansion, which was, like, a single-player expansion, which, good on them. Like, they made all the multiplayer stuff free, but they had a single-player campaign that was an additional paid DLC. But, like, they added the, I can't remember what they called, the Clam Blitz, the football one. The basketball, football mix. Oh, I'm not sure. I never I never played any of the... Uh, the that was cool. I thought that was like a cool kind of... I think Splatoon works really well for adding objective-based modes to it because you have your, your default, just paint the ground, get as much of the percentage done as possible. You know, quick two-minute rounds that you can just hang out, shoot the shit with your friends while you're playing the game. Low stakes kind of, kind of stuff. And then you can really try and play the objective-based modes, which I think are... Uh, it's it's a little bit better than sort of slapdash adding a, a an objective based mode to a, a standard first person shooter in my opinion. Dude, Salmon Run was a blast. Waves of enemies and and yeah, and that was just you know that was just Call of Duty Zombies, right? But a uh, way 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 stripped back. But it worked. It worked. Yeah, and they could easily expand on that. Add different uh boss salmonids and different locations. If they're more visually distinct, I think that would be. Uh, a good change of pace because they all kind of look the same. It was hard to tell what map you were on or like what was yeah. the high tide level going to be on that map and stuff. I was talking shit about Nintendo Online earlier, but I forget the Splatoon was really, really playable. I mean, it was yeah. rare that we really had issues. My beef with it and that they they need to address. It was more just the the ability to party up with people. Right. The party system has to be fleshed out they have to figure out the like we're gonna kick everyone from the fucking lobby um when we switch maps the let's all join right now oh one person got into a match and everyone has to wait two minutes to see if they can get into the next one right that's ridiculous they need to fix that uh going forward but but yeah splatoon 3 we knew it was coming um 2022 go figure again anything worth caring about in this direct is coming out next year or or beyond so and we got our color combo for the for the cover also platoon one was uh orange and blue right and then two was uh green and pink yep and then three is yellow and like a dark blue this is the um, indigo this is the yellow that we fought over that y'all said well, I can't remember who was on which side of the argument, but one person was saying it was highlighter yellow, one person saying it was like ugly lime green or something. And we fought over this extensively. Yeah. That's that green. Yellow. It's green yellow. yellow. <laughs> it's yellow. I I uh, yeah, I don't know again which side of the argument people were on, but I'm pretty sure you were on team green and I was on team yellow. We could probably check our Twitter history because you did send me some fucking hex codes. Um yep. I know I did. <laughs> um this shit was just yeah. It just it's an it's an abhorrent color. Regardless of which, 
Yeah, it's Society like fallout. Nickelodeon Nickelodeon gack mixed with vomit. Yeah, this is this is easily the worst color combination Splatoon, uh, Splatoon cover has had. Pink and green is goat, bro. Goat. Yeah, it's good. That watermelon. Uh, cool, man. That was a direct. Yeah, the uh, uh, it, it was what it was. Um, whatever. You know, I got not not much more to say about that. So I know we're way past some of the news that happened. A, a, a lot surprisingly has happened in the, in the first two months of the year, month and a half. Um, normally this is like totally dead as far as news go. We've had plenty of news, plenty of controversy. We're probably a little past some of that. But have you played 3D World yet? Have you gotten your copy? I haven't gotten my copy yet. Oh, so It's been delayed by the snowstorm. Portland got iced out. Yeah, hardcore. So maybe not. Maybe I'll save my thoughts until you've had a chance to play it then. Yeah, I would, I would really like to hop back into the main campaign of 3D World and also try out that, that Furious Browser, that new hotness. Well, hopefully you get it in the next day or two and uh, you can play it this weekend and we can talk about it next week. Yeah, maybe we'll just leave this as a little short rundown of the of the direct. Well, I'll release this tonight and we'll... Direct Reactions Podcast. Yeah, baby. Um. Yeah, so we have a Knights of the Old Republic retrospective pod we're sitting on that I'll edit, and I was waiting until we had talked about um, some of the other Star Wars news. You know, and there's been some KOTOR news even, so not going to happen. True. That's um, true. It's true. We will uh, we'll release this anyway. We're going to be doing a God of War podcast, hopefully. Uh, trying to wrap my head around your new schedule. We'll probably record it Sunday, maybe Monday. I don't know which would you prefer. Uh, somewhere in that range. I don't know when exactly. Got to got to consult with Chris as well to see what works best for him too. I I will I'll, I will tease that by saying I finally beat God of War, which I've talked about extensively on this podcast over the years as not being a game for me. This was the third time I restarted the game to try and get into it. You were adamant that it would never happen, Nick. It happened. And it almost didn't. <laughs> it almost didn't, but I did it. I will leave it at this. Playing on the PS5 was a revelation. Playing this at 4K 60 frames with zero performance issues was really something. Well, up upscaled 4K. Yeah, it's the checkerboard, so it's not it's half the resolution, but it's yeah, but it but it looked cuz I was playing it in the performance mode, which was 1080p 60 frames, and it was the yeah. fuzziest piece of shit looking thing ever. So yeah. the uh I started this game 3 days before they released the patch. Um, for PS5. So that was very, very good timing for me. And since it's a PS4 game, you got to use that DualShock 4. Yeah, thank God too, man. Thank God. I did use the the DS5 or the DualSense a little bit when my, my DualShock 4 died. I used it a little bit. Oh, so every day? <laughs> Dude, honestly, it's crazy how often that controller dies. I was fucking plugging it in every every night. Um, yeah, the DualSense is just as bad as uh, I remember it being from Spider-Man last year. It's too bad, man. Really unfortunate. Hopefully they'll allow third-party controllers soon. Yeah. Or they'll just uh, man up and patch in the ability to just use your DualShock because there's literally nothing that the DualShock can't can't do that the DualSense requires you to do. Yeah. God of War next week. I will say I was captivated by that game, yet I still stand by everything I've ever said about it and that it was mostly a slog in a lot of ways. But because of how my brain has been rewired by doing nothing for a year, uh, except for sitting on my couch, essentially, I was able to just truck through it. Save it for next week. And if you, dear listener at home, have any fond memories or hot takes about God of War 2018, you can email them 
to us at feedback at consulecrusade.com and we will read them on the air and judge you appropriately. Do we have any uh, you, uh, listener mail this week? No, no, we don't. No, we don't because we don't post very frequently and all of our friends can't be bothered to email us when they could just text us. This is true. <laughs> Listen, I will say, last thing, our buddy Cody Schaefer, he, he did our logo for the podcast. He's done some work for my band. He is our social media presence. Every episode, he draws a new little chibi little piece of art, and he posts with just a wonderful and sometimes hilarious description. I wonder if he knows that people get paid to do that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We've tried paying him. Do it literally, like multiple times. Cody, I've been like, come I've on. I've asked for his Venmo multiple times. So if you're listening to this, Cody, um, yeah, we should talk. But. It makes me want to just, and I've said it before, but it makes me want to get our goddamn social media presence figured out because it, it wouldn't be that big of a commitment. I know we do this for fun. We do this for our buddies. It's just, you know, whatever. We don't even do it weekly anymore. It makes me want to get on top of that shit, you know, spam some shit on Twitter every now and again because uh, if that means I can get new chibi art every week <laughs> relating to the episode, that's fucking great. And, I, you know, that's worth it for me. So. That was fun. Stroke that, stroke that ego of yours. Yeah. I will post with a net, not safe for work tag. I will post. We had a, a I just have to pixelate censor that. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter will be, it'll be around right on Twitter. Um, yeah, it'll be okay on Twitter. Console underscore crusade. Yeah. Officially welcome, uh, welcoming Chris into the family. So stay tuned for that. I'll, I'll post that shit uh, this week. Console crusade short and sweet under an hour baby i'm gonna bust this thing out we're gonna put it up today gonna bust it out like you would have busted it out for pokemon conquest 2 ah! night y'all <laughs> i've been shooting ropes like peter parker